Thanks very much for coming to the earlier time. Uh, there's quite a lot on later on this evening. Um, so we'll start with, um, sorry for those out <coughs> uh, listening in uh, to the planning policy working group, uh, the March meeting. This could be our last meeting before the election. Um, so proceeding, item one, apologies for absence and declarations of interest. Um, I don't know whether we've had any apologies, and maybe because it's early, we'll, we won't give any at this stage. Um, um, Chairman, I'd better declare an interest as an Essex County Councillor. Minutes of the previous meeting. Are there a true record? Happy with those, everybody? Okay, that's good. Um, in which case, if you are content, we will move to item three, which is the draft statement of community and involvement, and I believe Councillor Redfern would like to speak. Is it on this item? Okay. Well, why don't you make your statement now? I think it would probably be best, and then we can obviously incorporate that as and when uh, officers respond to that point. Thank you, uh, Chair. Um, I'm here again as a UDC member representing part of my ward, the Chesterfords. I again acknowledge the amount of work that has gone into this local plan, but I still cannot accept the inclusion of North Uttlesford Garden community for all the reasons I've expressed here before. But tonight I'd like to draw to your attention a few of the points raised in the Heritage Impact Assessment concerning this site, and I quote... The proposed site is identified in the East Anglian Chalk Natural Character Assessment, which is described as continuous open with occasional long views over lower land to the north and west. The NCA defines the northern boundary as being clearly defined by the face of the northwest facing chalk scarp slope. Both these statements sum up the character of the landscape that, is, that the proposal is located within. The proposed site sits on a landform that is visually dominant. Views between the scheduled monuments, Roman Town, Roman Temple and Great Chester's Conservation Area make a major contribution to its significance. A major change to the setting and significance of the scheduled monument temple and its relationship to the Roman town and wider landscape will be, will be a major um, setback. These are just a few of the comments brought up. The visual impact should not be ignored. This is on top of a hill and will be seen for miles and miles, and not just by the community in Uttlesford, but, but, but across South Cambridgeshire too. The relationship of Great Chesterford, the Roman town and temple is something that historic England have gone to some lengths to protect. I'm only too aware of this when we were trying to find a site for a new village nursery school. We had to move the building to gain planning permission, but that now seems to be of no importance. How can, how can that possibly be? 
Finally, I would like to remind you that I brought up at the last PPWG the massive development proposals on the other side of the border in South Cams. I may have missed it, but I don't seem to have had any comment anywhere that shows that this has yet to be taken into account. I do believe that this all needs to be given serious consideration. Well, thank you for listening to me again. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, I'll let officers comment uh, on the first part, but in terms of taking into account, we're very much taking into account, obviously one is subject to an appeal, uh, the other is the application I think has gone in and been determined? Not yet. So, um, but uh, certainly dialogue has been had with the Wellcome Trust um, and with the uh, Cambridge planners and um, should both developments go ahead and um, uh, the other leaders were uh, at a meeting with uh, the relevant South Cams um, and Cambridge authorities. Um, then if both the developments went ahead, then clearly uh, a high degree of coordination would be enacted. Thank you. Um, is everybody content to move uh, to the draft statement of community involvement? Okay, I ask uh, Mr. Thank you, Chair. Uh, the first report before you this evening relates to the consultation on the State of Com Community Involvement, or SCI. As you'll recall, the SCI was amended to reflect the additional representation stages for the addendum of focus changes to the local plan and the updated sustainability appraisal. Consultation on the SCI ran from 14th of January to the 25th of February, and we received nine nine submissions from six organisations and three individuals. Each of those submissions raised a number of, of different points. Appendix 1 of the report goes through the representations and recommends a number of further changes to the SCI to take into account the points raised. Uh, and Appendix 2 of the report is an updated SCI incorporating the recommended changes. Groups asked to consider the consultation response and recommended changes and recommend to Cabinet that the SCI is adopted subject to the changes set out in the report. Thank you. So, Councillor Dean. Yeah, thanks, Chairman. I notice in the representations there were one or two remarks which, you know, taken at face value, uh, suggests that the process is unsatisfactory, and particularly when I see uh, references to UDC not be, well, sorry, there's a statement here which says while UDC was not dishonest, um, you, you were not truthful. Now, it, it, there is no my problem with this is that there's no evidence here as to what the issue is. Um, so I don't know how long, I, I, I can't get a feel for what the topic is and therefore what the accusation is relating to. Um, I, I hope we can rebut it, but you can't rebut something unless you're quite clear what the, the allegation is. is can uh, officers make any further explanation on that one, please? Uh, yes, well, to a certain extent. Uh, we're not entirely clear what the, um, untruthful, the alleged untruthfulness relates to. 
Um, we think it's something around the, um, the timeline of the publication of the Addendum of Focus Changes and the updated sustainability appraisal. And you will see the draft response to that point on agenda page 21, bullet point 8, where we set out a bit of detail as to what happened uh, around the publication of those two documents. But we're not entirely clear on that allegation. Yeah, no, I, I see in that paragraph it does say that it's not clear what the alleged untruthfulness is. And so I suppose the message that should go back is if you're making statements and, and you've got concerns about something, spell out what to the public, or for the public to spell out what it is and then, and then at least it's possible to either correct what might be wrong or, or rebut the issue. So I, hope, I, mean, I hope the feedback goes back to people such as this lady. And, and then if, there's need, if there's a need for further correspondence, then by all means let it happen. But. Well, it, it tends not to directly uh, go back to the, the person who's made representations. They have the opportunity to, uh, to look at the report and, and make any points they like. But if, if you think that's useful, then we could follow that up. I think I, I have no feel for it, really, because yeah. I don't know whether there's no, anything there or not. No, you must get to the bottom of what we believe is the untruthfulness. But uh, OK, we'll do that. We'll go back to the person. Councillor Barker. Chairman, I think what will be useful going forwards, and I hope this plan is going forwards, um, I'm registered as somebody who's made a comment on the plan or I'm registered somewhere. And when any of these consultations goes live, I'm very impressed that one minute after midnight you get pinged an email saying this consultation is now live. And perhaps in moving forwards and looking at how the council communicates with the public, one could press the, you know, press the button and say, well, if you register, you know, we'll put you on the email string. So anything that comes up around this, you will get consulted. And certainly, you know, I've always been impressed that there it is, saying this consultation is now live. You know, I've seen it here happen, and then 10 days later, I get an email telling me it's happened and that I can now respond. So there are some bits that are working well. So whatever these people are saying about you didn't involve people, that seems a bit strange because these people are the sort of people that will have made comments, so they will be registered. So unless they've opted out, they would be getting pinged back the, you know, here we are, this is live. Um, and it's a bit like any other consultation. You only get involved if it affects you. You know, libraries consultation at Essex County Council, 98% of the people who have responded use the library. The other whole load of the population aren't responding. And, you know, we probably haven't had a single consultation to the local plan from the Samfords because they're not affected. And I think, you know, we have to continue to, to monitor how we do look at consultations, how we carry them out. Um, but the fact that we've only got three individuals have written to us on this, I, I think quite a positive result. Councillor Dean again. Um, I'm, I'm treading, I'm, I'm talking about um, Councillor Lee's ward. I hope she doesn't mind, but I picked up the comments on page 24 from Elsenham Parish Council where they're complaining about the process. And there's, there's nothing in the uh, response I can see which which perhaps says something like um, it would be helpful if you had a, if Elsenham, and for that matter Elsenham and Henham were developing a neighbourhood plan and then, because I think the thing that's happened over several years now is that there has been 
a hodgepodge of developments in Elsnam, and, and there's been no master plan. Um, we know, I know that Elsnam doesn't have a neighbourhood plan that would hopefully guide things. So really, the less, for me, the lesson is to all places, uh, and in particular Elsnam and Henham, that they would be far better off if they had a, a neighbourhood plan underway at least. And, and I'm sure uh, Councillor Lees would like to respond to that. Um, but in, in, in principle, I totally agree. It would be great if, um, well, every large, probably not every uh, community, but every large community in Uttlesford had a neighbourhood plan because it is an expression of the local community and what it's looking for uh, for the foreseeable future in its local area. Um, master planning is, is, is difficult, the nature of the way the developments come in, but obviously a neighbourhood plan is, is, is one way of responding to that. But Councillor Lees, I'm sure you might want to... Yeah, do you want this one? Yeah, you're on. Yeah, you are. Elson Parish Council are one of the very few that have this one. Yes, you are, you are now. I'm in. You are do you want to switch yours off and I might get uh, Well, I don't normally because I. Um, yeah, right, Elson Parish Council are one of the few parish councils have actually responded. They do engage yeah. very well. Yeah. I was actually at the meeting with a planning officer, uh, quite a high planning officer, uh, eight years ago who told Elston Parish Council that a neighbourhood plan, they could put all the effort in as much as they liked, but the two major developments that have already gone in to Elston now would go ahead, and a neighbourhood plan wouldn't have stopped that, wouldn't stop it. So he really advised that they didn't spend their time or money on it, frankly, and I was there at that meeting when that was said. And I think we can probably say that that is true, that Elston Parish Council could have produced a plan and said we don't want those housing and they still would have got it. Um, and Elston Parish Council have their own thoughts and I would suggest you go and speak to them about what they should be doing, frankly. Um, actually, Councillor Mott has emailed me and asked me to thank the officers for taking on board his points, his points 4.3, 6.5 and 6.11. I think one, I think you did a little note and, and used Dr Mott's words pretty much verbatim, so thank you for that. And that does show that people are... Are listening. I think most, because they have a responded to Paris Council and, and people do, they are concerned, as a, I think we all are really, aren't we, on the lack of community involvement in the statement of community. I don't know what the answer is, and it's very easy for us all to sit here and say we need more responses, but I don't know. We've got to look at something for that, I think. And it is very welcome the point, I think it's 6.11. Um, where you have made it clear that approval of applications of more than five dwellings elsewhere, that it's actually it's useful to have it tied down to when schemes are referred to the planning committee. And I think that Elston Parish Council have said that they didn't think that was all clear in the past. So thank you for that. Thank you. I, I just want to make two points. I think the circumstances for the neighbourhood plan were different when, when you're talking about. So if, if we have an emerging local plan, which uh, God willing it goes through, now is absolutely the time for Elstenham to produce a neighbourhood plan because they would be able to produce it. Uh, obviously consistent with the local plan, which it has to be. Um, and uh, so they very much would be in control of the next phase. So I would suggest that you encourage them to, to do that. The second point, which is sort of suggested in this um, comment, 
um, that on one occasion the Parish Council was approached to discuss a major proposal, whilst in another case it didn't. And uh, that is worrying because the model absolutely should be a tripartite approach in terms of the local community, the planning authority and the, and the developer um, obviously moving forward. And the best results, the best solutions come out of that approach. Now, you can, you can object to it. You don't have to agree to it. But if it was going to go ahead, this is what you would want. Um, and uh, I've seen that work very successfully many a time. Um, and uh, I don't know, you know whether it was Uttlesford on this occasion, but it, hopefully now we're, in, we're, we're into the model whereby that is the way we behave every time because it is crucial to get the local community involved, which is you know, everything that we're trying to do. But the neighbourhood plan, of course, really enforces that. I don't think I, I don't think I didn't I didn't mean to look like I was disagreeing with that. I was just yeah, yeah, showing historically. Painting the, the circumstances at the time. I mean yeah. one of the things, of course, um, doesn't want to keep bringing up history, but Crown Estates came to Elston Parish Council quite a while ago and said, if you support this parish council, if you support this application, we will build you a village hall. They supported the application and then they withdrew the village hall and said, oh, actually, we're just going to give you the land. So Elston Parish Council are a little bit dubious about spending a lot of time and effort on producing something when historically things have happened that haven't been to their advantage. But we will be encouraging them, obviously. Yeah, okay. Councillor Dean. Yes, I'd like to turn to page 31 where there is a very useful comment, as it so happens, again by Elson Parish Council, but they're referring to developments on their boundaries, either between Elson and Stansted or Elsnam and Henham, um, and suggesting or claiming that in the past neighbouring parishes have not been informed. I mean, certainly for we're all aware that there's an outstanding development. Those of us in Stansted are aware there's an outstanding development or application, should I say, in Elsnam, and which, because of traffic, has an impact. Um, now, the officer comment here says, noted, every effort will be made to ensure that notification of neighbouring parish councils is undertaken by the officer concerned. That's a bit weak. Um, you know, I'd like you to say there is a firm commitment that henceforth uh, neighbouring parishes will be informed. Um, yeah, I think that's a very fair comment. Very fair comment, yeah, yeah. because uh, there's a similar situation between Great and Little Chesterford at the moment, where 70 houses is technically in Little Chesterford, but it's tacked on the end of Great Chesterford. So these things do have impacts on neighbouring communities. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yes, Chairman, that's absolutely right. Um, we have a situation, there's a development in Newport, potential development in Newport. If that goes through, that will create a terrible traffic jam at the Newport junctions from the B, our main major road coming through Clavering and Wick and Bonnet. Yeah. And that hasn't really been in discussions there. Okay, well, I'm sure yeah, we'll take a note of that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you can, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think. Hasn't that been refused, that application? The one you're referring to? Appeals, appeals. What? Yeah, that's one. It's on appeal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But an important point to make. Uh, but, it, but, but we weren't. The way Newport, 
the development that seems to go on in Newport. There could be another one tomorrow. <laughs> well, hopefully not, but yeah. Uh, but anyway, the point taken is the same example in terms of working with neighbouring communities. Yeah. Um, Councillor Barker? Chairman, a lot of these issues, um, I think it's down to us as ward members to uh, point out some of these issues, and a lot of it could be prevented or could be highlighted earlier if we still had the lovely weekly planning list. Um, because I used to find the weekly planning list, you know, it listed, was that before your time? You used to get a weekly list of all planning applications. No, this was an for a while, but it came out weekly. And so if there was something on your border, you know, because, you know, no disrespect to planning officers, they probably don't know, except for the name of the thing, where Barnston End and High Easter begins, because it's not relevant, they're just dealing with a parish council. But you do know where Clavering ends and something else begins. There's something just over the border. But even if... We, I don't need you to publish it. Just, there must be a list. Is there any way we could reinstate that being sent out to members? Uh, thank you, Chair. I'll, I'll definitely look at that. I don't see any reason why we couldn't have on the website the, the list of the I don't know the reasons why that was stopped. So I'll, I'll consult colleagues on that in case there was a legitimate reason for that. But on the surface, I can't see why we wouldn't be doing that. So I'll take that away, yeah. That would be great, because I think it is things that parish clerks would like as well. Yeah, good. Councillor Lodge. Yeah, just on that one, though, I think uh, to, to defend the planning department here, we do get individual notifications of uh, applications in our own ward, which yep. work yes. extremely well, in yep. oh, my yeah, perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they do. It just picks up the border issue. I've now got three hands in a row, so I'll go ladies first and then along the line. Councillor Lachlan. Thanks. Well, uh, picking up on... Sorry? All right, when I said I'm not a lady. <laughs> Picking up on that point, because um, Ugly is very badly affected by what happens in Elsinham, because all the traffic tends to go through there. We get big lorries going through, and it ruins the verges, and nearly kills people, and hits houses, and all kinds of things. And when we did have the weekly planning list, and it actually went to the parish councils, because not all councillors have computers. I've, no I've noted that from some of my parishes. Uh, and so a sort of a weekly or a monthly paper list would be invaluable I think for all of us uh, and them as well so if we could go back to that I know we're trying to get rid of paper copies but I don't think people realise that not everybody's computer literate or indeed can afford a computer and the only way they can get that is if they're notified on a paper copy or was, certainly the parish clerk. I was with you all the way until you talked about paper um, well, there's no other way to do it if you're going to post it. Well, no, maybe, but we're obviously just trying to get through the whole business of, and I was at Takeley Parish Council, uh, where we were talking about, um, you know, not, no longer receiving hard copy of plans. And I think, you know, you, you either go digital or you don't. And at the moment, we're trying really hard to do that. There are occasional exceptions. I, th I, I think we were going well when we talked about publishing it, or Councillor Lodge makes it fair comment that we're getting it anyway, um, uh, but in terms of have it, being able to look at the complete spectrum to pick up uh, um, what might be relevant locally to you, I think we'll leave it at that. I think paper copies, I think, would be counter-cultural. Counter Can I just make one point? Not everybody is, in, is affluent. Not everybody is in the position to be able to afford to have technology 
and they do rely on paper and much as we it's like flying we don't like the pollution but we all fly and uh, you know if we can afford it so and I think we ought to give people the benefit of doubt. I'm not saying it should go to everybody and I'm not talking about plans the weekly list came up and I think if that went to the parish clerk she would certainly inform the rest of the councillors or the councillors on that particular parish and they could take it from there I'm not aware of any parish clerk or parish councillor that doesn't have a computer. No, I'm not talking uh, parish uh, councillors necessarily, parish clerks. I'm talking about the people that live in the parish uh, who need to be notified. And I think, you know, if you... I just think it's good if you... Some paper copies, we can't get rid of paper. It is what it is, you know. I mean, not to be vulgar, no. we have loo rolls. We have, nobody's got rid of them yet. I'm sure they're... Right, moving on. <laughs> Councillor Dean. Maybe officers could think about um, notifying <laughs> ward members in adjacent wards for large applications, because I think this is it's ones that are going to have an impact, of, you know, yeah. significant impact yeah. beyond yeah. their actual ward. I think, yeah. I think that's the way to look at it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Chairman, yeah. could I just say, I was just trying to say that, you know, something else... You know, all I was trying to do was make it simple that if a list comes to members that they are aware, go to parish clubs, go anywhere, it could go on the website, just be reminded, the weekly list has just gone on the website, we know where to find it and then we can have a look. And it is trying to help people with cross-border issues. You know, I've had taking little gambles and I've had other issues with major developments that happen to fall into one parish but affect the other parish and that's what I'm trying to avoid. Because the other thing we don't know as councillors, if there's nothing big going on in your ward, you don't realise that there is something big suddenly just landed in Elsenham or in, in Stork Valley. And that, that's what I was trying to get over, that members are more yeah. informed because they've got this yeah. We'll find a way of, get, uh, of doing that. Yeah, good. Councillor Oliver. With a minor point, which seems we've probably got now, got lost in the other comments. But it would help if the officers actually knew what houses were in which ward. I've had two cases recently where we have a house which was the, the officers thought was in Rickling, was actually in Clavering, and we've also had houses where people think are in Wick and Bonnant, but actually are in Clavering. It would help. I don't know how you get round that one, but uh, say the one at Rickling, suddenly we, we found that houses were being approved up there which we knew nothing about in Clavering. This is the same as delivering the, the murder farm. election leaflets when you get to the end of the, the last house at the end of the boundary. And are you in the right one or the wrong one? But yeah, point taken. Um, any other? If not, uh, if I can remind you of the recommendation, which is to Cabinet that the statement of community involvement be adopted subject to the changes as set out in the <laughs> report of representations. Those in favour of that? Thank you very much indeed. That's carried unanimously. And thank you to officers. It, it has been a comprehensive uh, response and uh, with the one lady that we're going back to um, uh, in addition, I think that's... Is it reported to Cabinet? Recommended to Cabinet? So Apparently. To cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, recommended to Cabinet. Okay, then we now move on to item four, uh, the evidence base update. Um, which is, for those of you following it on the page, is on page 65. If you could bear in mind our speaker's comments, please, when you talk to this. And also, can you elaborate a bit, please, on those four evidence bases? Because they are on the website if, if, um, for those who wanted to go through them in detail. 
but uh, you haven't included the papers for this meeting, so I think a, a bit more about each of them would be helpful. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Chair. Second report before you this evening provides an update uh, on the further work that's been submitted to the inspectors examining the local plan. Uh, the updates that have been submitted are on the water cycle study, uh, the, up, the updated heritage impact assessment, preliminary concept and feasibility study looking at the potential for rapid transit links between Stansted and Braintree, and a study looking at the opportunities for enhanced sustainable transit systems in the north of Uttlesford. Planning Inspectorate was informed that these reports would follow on in the letter accompanying the local plan submission. One further report that will follow on after it's completed is the Sports Facilities and Recreation Strategy. To provide a short summary on the findings of the four reports that have been submitted, the uh, Water Cycle Study uh, update looks at wastewater treatment and sewage in the part of the district covered by Thames Water, that is the uh, south and west of the district, uh, including the proposed Eastern Park Garden Community, or part of the Eastern Park Garden Community, uh, but in reality, um, the wastewater and sewage treatment will be, with, will be within the Thames Water area because of which way it drains, uh, and Stansted Airport is also within the Thames Water area. Uh, the report identifies technically feasible and timely upgrades necessary to meet the needs uh, of development in the local plan. Um, so, so in essence, it identifies that the, the development in the plan um, can be catered for in wastewater treatment and sewerage terms. The updated heritage impact assessment follows on from the draft study published in the summer alongside the Reg 19 consult, uh, representation period, apologies. Uh, it makes clear that the basis for the assessment is a red line assessment. Um, in essence, this means that it doesn't take into account any um, any master plans that there are kicking around. Um, it assesses a worst case scenario for development as though the whole, uh, the whole red line was, was developed, which obviously is not what we're proposing. Um, it also does not take into account any mitigation measures, although it does propose mitigation, uh, potential mitigation measures uh, for each of the garden communities. Uh, in addition, the study refines the assessment of the assets that are potentially affected and the, uh, and the mitigation measures and updates the maps for the sites. To address the points raised by Councillor Redfern, um, the first one being um, the impact on the archaeological assets, the scheduled monument uh, and the intervisibility between uh, the Roman temple and the Roman town and fort over on the other side of the um, two roads. Um, what was I going to say? Yes, so the, um, the study does identify mitigation measures, which includes not building on them, um, which we're not proposing to do, and uh, not building on areas which are affected, which are part of the setting of the uh, Roman temple or that impact on the uh, indivisibility between it and uh, the town and fort. 
So this is in uh, so on, on the report that's on the website. Page 33 of the report identifies the um, potential mitigation measures for North Uttlesford, and they are included in there. On the other point raised, uh, the visually dominant landform uh, it's on a hill, quite a steep hill. Um, again, it talks about uh, potential mitigation measures, um, the location of the development uh, within the site, and the uh, potential landscape treatments that could mitigate the, the visual impact of the development. Uh, I think I've covered those points. Um, the next report is the pre preliminary study looking at rapid transit options in the south of the district. This draws a number of initial conclusions that the system should be a bus-based system rather than uh, heavy rail or, or any other. Incorporating It, the, the system should incorporate elements of new links, um, that it should identify, uh, the report identifies centres for the system to connect to, and it identifies uh, phasing for delivery, as, and, and then goes on to talk about further work for the study, including more detailed modelling. The final study looks at opportunities for enhanced sustainable transit systems in the north of the district and identifies uh, three broad options. Two of these are variations of an extension to the proposed Cambridge mass transit system and one looks at improving connectivity to the proposed Cambridge mass transit system rather than extending it. Uh, Thank you, Chair. Councillor Parker. How does a rapid transit system suddenly become a bus? <coughs> to be fair, I think it always was a bus. Um, and uh, clearly, it's significantly cheaper than a train or any other kind of... Um, Chairman, uh, with respect, we already have a bus that goes from Braintree no, to Stanford. No, there is an, I was coming on to the key point here. So, uh, the key point in terms of... Um, Stansted Airport to uh, the, uh, the uh, development at Little Eastern is that it is on a, a unique uh, bus lane. In other words, it cannot get held up by other traffic. Now, um, the study is then looking. The, 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 we've talked about this before. In an ideal world, we would have a um, sustainable transport route from Harlow to Colchester. However, this is a very big elephant, and we need to obviously bite it off in reasonable chunks. And if you can imagine a sort of colour code, uh, for me, the um, Stansted to Eastern Park piece is a red line that has to happen. Uh, the, then the piece from um, 
Eastern Park to Braintree is, is something that we would very much want to happen, which is why we're doing the studies, and similarly going the other way to Bishop Stortford to start off with, I think onto Harlow is. And then you get from the Harlow piece and the Colchester piece where um, these are aspirations. What we do not want to do is to be promising a rapid transport link the whole way and fall foul of the inspector because we trip over ourselves because who's going to pay for it? But as I say, within, within our plan, uh, it is absolutely essential that the link, we talked about this at the government's board this morning, that the link between um, Stansted Airport and Eastern Park is fundamental to the whole project. But otherwise, there's important work going on. But the, it, it, the bus is the cheaper option. But it doesn't mean to say, I'm not saying, it's a bit like the, um, uh, the um, system from Huntington down to Cambridge which goes on its own route for most of the journey then hits Cambridge and gets snarled in the traffic and it, it's quite possible an element of this would happen but not uh, between uh, Stansted and Eastern Park and potentially not between um, up to Braintree as well but that's what the feasibility study is doing. Does that answer your question? I could walk from Eastern Park to Stansted Airport. I'll go on my scooter. Certainly on your scooter. Um. <laughs> absolutely on your scooter. And we are be encouraging people to go on uh, electric scooters uh, or their bicycle. Well, it's, it's a fair old walk, actually. But, um, yeah, point taken. Yeah. <laughs> What I do have, Chairman, though, is concerns is that I get a lot of representation in Dumbo already that all the National Express buses that go to the airport don't go through Dumbo Town Centre. So you have this sort of ridiculous thing that Dumbo Town Centre, after half past six at night, there is no bus. Yeah. And, you know, Councillor Ranger has been trying and trying, but as you know, 85% of bus services in Essex are commercial services and they will go where they go. Mm. And, you know, if we're, if we're doing this as far as Eastern, at least we need to get as far as Dunmo. Yes, now I totally agree, and don't misunderstand me. It's not that we're not going, but, but I'm, just, I'm just talking, if you can imagine a colour-coded thing, you know, it's red between Stansted and uh, Eastern, and it's a sort of a slightly lighter shade of red onto Dunmo, because it's very important, and it's something that we would want to deliver. Uh, and the further out at the other end you get, then uh, it's, it's an aspiration, but at this stage we can't promise it. Uh, Dunmo, absolutely right. Um, and the feasibility study will tell us, presumably, um, whether it's going to be on its own unique track or whether it will be on, on uh, regular roads. Yes, so the, um, the aspiration is that it will be on its own unique road, uh, not necessarily a guideway similar to the Cambridge one, but more, more just a, a standard road, but yeah. it would not be open to, to regular traffic. Um, we would look to include um, other means of sustainable transport along there. So there would be a cycleway alongside yep. and, and you'd be able to walk there as well if, yep. you, if, you, if you wanted to walk there. Um, initial, phase, initial phases of it might be on existing roads to just get it in early before, before it's, the new road is in there. But the, we, the whole point is a, is a new road so it can go to the, go to the, the large locations quickly. Chairman, that's all very well. We have covered so much of this country in tarmac. I would actually rather it wasn't on a new road. You know, we have so much tarmac everywhere. Um, you know, I, I, well, what will be will be, but it wouldn't be my preferred option. If we're going to have a bus, sure, I'll give it a bus lane. But that doesn't mean that we're going to have to create you know, a double... You know, we're going to have to create a two-way bus lane, which most of the time will sit there empty. 
Well, it'll hopefully be a very regular route, but obviously the whole purpose is that, A, it's sustainable um, and environmentally friendly, and B, it encourages people to use it. So if it's going to get stuck in traffic, then it will be less attractive than something that is guaranteed to arrive on time. Um, but uh, you know, the outcome of the study will determine some of that detail. Councillor Dean. Yes, thanks, Chairman. Well, clearly there's a... Um there's a conflict or a contradiction, isn't there, between um, wanting something which is rapid and therefore serves a kind of st strategic purpose rather than just a, a local purpose, and something which, and therefore, is on dedicate on a ded mainly on a dedicated route, and something which uh, is on existing roads, which, as the chairman's just <laughs> said, gets clogged up in traffic. So why? Should, why uh, make, makes it less useful, and certainly couldn't be class as um, rapid transit so I think I, but the important thing is to me that um, I mean I, I, I favor the the dedicated route but what you don't want is a dedicated route that ends up at a set of buffers and can't go any further once the other the extension to it if that comes about in due course can't happen because it was built in the wrong place so so I, I, this is where I, I think that the, the study has to deliver something which says that if in the short term this happens, this is how it could be extended. And, and I'm, I'm pleased that this report actually, um, I think partly because of my badgering, actually refers to Bishop's Stortford and beyond, you know, because I've been... I've been saying for many months, have I not, that uh, yep, what have. we don't want is delivering people at high speed to the airport, but they actually don't want to stop at the airport. They want to go on further west, yep. and they don't want to clog up uh, Hockrell traffic lights in Bishop's Dortford, which are clogged up already and will be even worse in five years' time. Mm -hmm. so, 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 you know, the, the two parts to it, yes. Let's, put, um, let's make sure that we put something in which is a catalyst for something much bigger and that we also identify the mechanisms by which the rest can come whenever that is deliverable through for cash reasons and everything else. Um, but but don't, don't hamper ourselves by rushing something in which turns out to be a nice two-mile bit of concrete that... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get serve, serve a great purpose. Councillor Lodge. Yeah, I think I'm agreeing with Councillor Dean and disagreeing with uh, Councillor Barker here, actually. Um, Sustainability has got to be so, so major in, in this that we've, we've got to give ourselves a, ch a chance for a much more flexible system in the longer term. And I thought, because we, we, we saw, this is the report we saw a couple of delivery boards ago, isn't it? And I thought, on the whole, what we were looking at was a bit unambitious and um, I, I, I were personally looking at um, extracting more money to, uh, to, to put in an ambitious system and the one that will link up to the extensions on, on either side. So, just my two pennies on that. Can I come on to the other studies <coughs> as well? What do you mean by the extensions on either side? Well, if it goes to Bishop Stortford and if it goes to Colchester. Right. Because we're saying we, we, we're um, leaving that out for the time being. Uh, but it's got, to, it's got to be part of the overall plan. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, we're not leaving it out. We're just, we're just cautious that we don't make the same mistake as North Essex. Yeah, but uh, do, do you remember some of the, the bus timings? It was going to take about an hour and a half to get from east of Colchester to the end, about two hours 
yeah. or two and a half hours to get to Gilston. That, yeah. that fails the rapid in rapid yeah. transport, I think. Yeah, no, sure. Mm. No, in, in, indeed. So I think it's got to be more ambitious. So, yeah, so I think this is um, partly for yourselves and partly for the delivery board, uh, and we did touch on it this morning, in terms of the ambition. Um, it is a... You've just turned it off, Howard. Um, we, we want to be ambitious, and, and we need to go for that from the beginning, because you, you don't get a second chance at this. Uh, so um, we need to come back to this issue. Mm -hmm. May I, uh, uh, Councillor Lachlan? Oh, it's, uh, Councillor Lodge was in full flow. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask about Cambridge University? Um, because uh, the research park, a lot of the um, facilities that are there are linked to the university, and hopefully we're intending to bring more in in the future. Will there be a link between the university uh, and, um, and I know it's going through the the garden community, um, but will it be going from the universities itself to the research park, thinking that we're not far from the genome centre either? So, so when you say the Cambridge University, what, what bit of the university are you talking about? Well, I mean, Cambridge University is a university. There's different colleges, and it all yeah. makes up one university, yeah. doesn't it? So, um, so, so what we know about Cambridge is um, they are uh, very ambitious for a railway station at uh, the hospital, at Addenbrooke's Hospital. They are very ambitious for, it depends who you're talking to, because there's a mayor, there's a combined authority, there's a lot of bodies involved in this. Uh, they're very ambitious to have a, uh, again, a rapid link from, the, from um, Addenbrooke's Hospital to um, just the other side of the A11, probably to sort of the Babram Institute type area. Um, and ideally then to take that on to Haverhill. Uh, because there's a huge number of people that work at, uh, on the uh, biomedical campus that live in Haverhill. Uh, so that's an ambition. There's an ambition to improve the 1307, which is the road that goes over the Gogs. Uh, and obviously there's the, the whole issue of the arc coming in from Oxford into North Cambridge and how that connects with the North Cambridge system. So um, we were just talking earlier about uh, the Wellcome Trust, which is put in application. There's a high expectation that will be a successful application. It will literally just be on the other side of the A11. Uh, they have a very proud record of being, I think, approaching 60% sustainable transport to that campus, way better than uh, um, the one at uh, Abington. Um, and we clearly have that ambition for North Uttlesford uh, to be at, at least 60%. So to have uh, two centres, both of whom have high sustainable transport ambitions either side of the A11 it would make sense that either you go over or under uh, to connect the two um, and some, there will be some people of course who w live uh, in North Uttlesford who will work at the Genome Centre um, and so on and so forth so uh, yeah there's, there's positive dialogue in terms of uh, connecting with the whole uh, South Cambridge um, transport system and uh, that, 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 that work continues but the, the, so, it's agreed in principle between both the politicians and the officers of both um, 
Cambridge City, South Cams, uh, as well as Uttlesford and Essex, that that connectivity will happen. Because I'd hate to see us lose an opportunity because the transport links are very bad and they couldn't get Absolutely there. right. Well, double-fold, because A, we do not want to um, clog up roads, emit unpleasant fumes, or make it difficult for people to get to work. Yeah. Back to Councillor Lodge. Yeah, well, I, was, I was going to comment on three of the four. Um, simplest one, the, the opportunities for N, the D, um, the link's actually broken on that. It's only got the cover page. Is this, we've seen a number of proposals uh, in the past for, for the, the Mayor's ambition and so yeah. on, for, uh, and this appears to have been also an extension. Um, is that report actually on the, on the website? It said the link that you gave us doesn't work. Perhaps you could give us a the proper link. Apologies. Uh, it is up on the website. I can provide it properly. Okay. Well, I'll find that then, yes. And then just coming back, this is the, uh, on air, it's a bit more of a philosophical issue on water, but I think it was the head of the Environment Agency today mm. said that we're going to run out of water in 25 mm. years. So the inspector might just pick up on this. And what are we going to say to her or the two ladies? We're going to say that we have a water cycle study that identifies that we can meet the needs of the development in the local plan. In the same piece that you probably heard, uh, the um, chappie who delivered the Olympic Village talked about 30% usage uh, or controlling it to 30%. So I I, I think this is an important point that just as we're looking for 60% sustainable transport as as low uh, CO2 emission as possible, we talked this morning about uh, using the sun to power a lot of what what we're doing. So can can we now focus? It's great news that we can build it because that was a worry about two years ago. Um, but uh, we now need to take the next step forward. If this, is, if this is an exemplar of 21st century living, then we should be uh, using less water. And you know, it got a bit stupid, the, the discussion on Radio 4 as I was driving across in terms of less baths and all this kind of crap. But, um, it, it's, it, but there are other ways uh, of, of using technology to help this. I, I think the leader just forgot that he was being recorded. Yeah. Um, but... Can I ask, with the emerging DPDs, are we discussing grey water? Because I think grey water is one way forwards, collecting grey water. Yeah. Because I think that ought to be in there somewhere. And uh, yes, so the technology now exists that you collect rainwater for the toilet, for example. So yeah, point taken. I think it's a very, very good point that. Yeah, the comment was it's down to 100 litres a day. I think we're using it, is it of the order of 140 at the yeah. moment is the guideline. So it's a, yeah. quite a severe reduction. Yeah. I do like my early evening baths if possible. Oh, darling. Um, my, my, my question was um, going to be... Um, the uh, you, you know the various systems will work, um, but in terms of the dialogue between the developer and the water authority, there won't be any uh, slip there between the actual responsibility for who's putting these systems in. Uh, no, there won't. So we had a uh, uh, myself and Nigel Brown, the manager for development management, had a meeting with Thames Water the week before last. Um, to discuss a number of issues, including the local plan. They highlighted that uh, 
the developers for Eastern Park should be contacting them already, which we, we, we thought they were, but we confirmed after the meeting that, uh, that they are. Um, so they are in discussions with Thames Water about the, um, the, the wastewater treatment uh, needed for Eastern Park. Okay, so I think there's an important point there now in terms of um, developing the, 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 the technology around water. <coughs> Councillor Dean. I have uh, th three more points which all, in a way, fit together. The first thing to mention is that we, you know, we've been talking about cross-border matters and uh, there was a very useful meeting in February that the three group leaders and others were at, which was a meeting with Cambridge. I think you've already uh, referred to it. And the, the term was, um, that came out of that was the term sort of without boundaries. In other words, we've got to be thinking and, and ignoring boundaries if it comes to transport either side of the um, A11 at Chesterford, We've already been talking about transport systems crossing the Essex boundary into Hertfordshire in the area of Stansted and Bishop's Dorford. So I think that's, and that's where, to me, it's essential that there is a strategic vision, for want of a better word, that, that looks at all these things in a joined-up way rather than Essex in its little cubbyhole doing one thing and Cambridgeshire of course. doing another thing. So I think that, you know, that I just mentioned that as a matter of statement, but because... Then I, I then come on to the water study, which is more about disposal, disposal of water you don't want anymore, used water, including contents. Um, and if I read it correctly, Stansted Mount Fitcher could well be the repository for water not only from Eastern Park, uh, but also Bishop Stortford North. Uh, so, you know, there's cross-border cooperation, if ever there was one, if we're taking all their, all their sewage. Uh, have, I, have I read this correctly? I haven't studied every word in this document, but it seems that there are something like eight options, of which the way I read it, option eight seemed to be a favourite one, which was to extend um, the water treatment works in, in Stansted, Mount Fitchett and take everything from the airport, Eastern Park, and a large bit of Bishop's Stortford. Uh, the report does uh, go through a number of options before coming to a preferred one, and the preferred one is option eight. The, the summary of it, of, of that option, um, I can just read out for the benefit of people listening at home. Um, the Thames water options are closely linked to published housing trajectories. Thames water will continue to monitor these and adapt the strategy accordingly. Uh, oh, hang on, am I reading the right bit? No, I'm not reading the right bit. There we go. This option will require transferring all flow from Eastern Park Garden community and diverting domestic flow from Stansted Airport to Bishop Stortford Wastewater Recycling Centre as well as diverting Bishop Stortford North developments and airport commercial flows to Stansted Mount Fitchett uh, Water Recycling Centre. Thames Water believes that the infrastructure can be delivered on time to meet the current housing delivery trajectory in relation to Eastern Park Garden Community. So yes, it, it does involve um, diverting Bishop Stortford North and airport commercial flows to Stansted Mount Fitchett. Right, Just mean, for clarification, um, the, St the Stortford South one is in Great Hallingbury, where the SO garage is. 
mm. you turn down left and it's just there. Oh, yes. And so yes, I, mean, I had a discussion. That was certainly the, the more logical way to divert right. the waste. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, I'm, I've no problem with that. The only, the only thing I would say is, and I'm thinking very parochially at the moment, is that the access to the water treatment works in Bishop's in Stansted is off Lankin Lane. Lankin Lane is um, supposed to be a quiet lane. Um, secondly, the entrance to the site is in a dip and it floods and it's horrible. So something should be done about that as well as maintaining the quietness of the quiet lane. So don't make sure that we build in something to address the slightly wider infrastructure than the treatment works itself. And my final question relates to um, paragraph 13, which um, implies that the, there's, we're going to be seeing the sports facilities and recreation study report next month. Um, I, I think I've heard that there are there have been drafts floating around um, and there's one topic which is relevant to another meeting on Thursday. I'd just like to ask whether there's any indication in the draft reports as they stand at the moment and obviously not finalised in terms of whether the strategy talks about um, running tracks um, and whether, you know, how, how does, if, if at all, a running track fit into the strategy as so far, um, not published, but, um, but been floating through for comment, I guess, at this stage? Uh, yes, so there was a, a meeting uh, last week of the, the working group that's been set up to, to look at the, rec the sports facilities and recreation strategy, uh, which considered the draft strategy at that point in time. As a result of that meeting, they, the consultants have gone away to do further work. Um, I had a quick conversation with, um, with a colleague about the, how it considers athletics provision um, at the moment. Um, it doesn't go into any spatial detail at the moment, but it does highlight that an athletics track on its own is unlikely to be to be viable and would need to be it's likely to be needed to be, to be supported by other uh, other things for example um, other sports pitches um, uh, linked to it or there is a, a another alternative way of making it viable which is to provide a, a shorter running track a uh, it was described to me as a, a, a 200 meter J rather than the full uh, the full 400 meter circuit um, but we, we really have to await the, the, fine, the final study um, towards the end of next month before, um, before we get those conclusions I'll just ask if, if you could give me a short note as far as we can have and even discuss it with um, Adrian Webb who's produced a report on the particular topic we're discussing on Thursday uh, you know, as is best known at the moment I, I realise that it's not completed but it's, it's, it's relevant to the or will be relevant to the discussions on Thursday evening at scrutiny so thanks for that I think the discussion on scrutiny is, is more about the detail than the principle isn't it because the principle has been through council three times I don't know what's going to be discussed on Thursday. I, I can't preempt. But I think that's but, but important. But all I'm saying is, is it's possibly a relevant 
input yeah. to but that, however the, dendrential The, the principle be. of a sporting facility at Carver Barracks has been agreed. I think what you're raising is in terms of um, how around the executive decision. So I think there's an important difference. I don't think we're going back on the decision because that has been taken at council, so we can't revoke council. Okay. Um, so I think important points to come out, uh, out uh, there. Um, and um, my understanding uh, of the uh, updated heritage impact assessment is that with the qualifications that you gave uh, for North Adelsford, you didn't go into any detail about um, Eastern Park. Do you want to comment specifically there? Um, I mean, it, the assessment uh, for Eastern Park did, did the same thing for North Uttlesford, so it's a red line assessment, um, assuming a worst case scenario. Um, the particulars for Eastern Park is that it identified that um, as you get to, to the north of Park Road, um, particularly on the northwest side of the site, there are sensitivities. Um, relation to the uh, settings of the park and the lodge park and gardens and then a number of assets which are outside the site to the northwest of the site I think uh, a few listed buildings around there um, again the the study identifies mitigation measures um, which I, I can't recall off the top of my head I'm afraid no, but it, it, I think we've all been sensitive uh, to the points that were made. And uh, so um, in, in terms of using the undulation, for example, at uh, North Uttlesford um, and mitigation, whether it be treescape or, or whatever the case may be. Um, and, of course, recognising the, uh, the Roman elements, although they're not proposing any further exca excavation, I don't believe. It's, it's just not intruding on those areas. I don't know whether that's a missed opportunity in terms of maybe um, being able to recognise some of that heritage in a more meaningful way because you know, otherwise you wouldn't know, would you, unless you are uh, um, local to the area and uh, have understood the history. But uh, I think that may be something that we, we, we might want to consider as well. But, but if we take into account, and, and exactly the same with Eastern Park, you know, the point has been made that that used to have um, 2,000 oaks, particularly in a sort of an avenue at one point. Well, there's no reason why we can't recreate some of that, uh, just as we could recreate the deer park at um, North Uttlesford. It's just that there would be houses in between rather than deer. But, um, but I, I think, I, I think we, could, we can be a lot more sensitive in terms of recognising some of the heritage. And going, so it's not just a question of what you're not going to do, I think it's also a question of what you can do to add to that. And the same thing for um, Eastern Gardens. I mean, here's an opportunity to, to and, and uh, Councillor Dean is well aware of this, of, of really, you, you know, be able to create something very special, actually. So I'd like to encourage that as, 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 as part of the exercise as well. But my understanding is that as long as we do the sufficient mitigation, the, the earlier concerns um, have, have, have been allayed. Yes, so we've, we've got the, the, the mitigation measures identified in the, um, in the updated heritage impact assessment. 
we are having conversations with Historic England uh, and looking to uh, go into a statement of common ground with them to address their representations at the previous stages, take into account the updated evidence base and um, if possible there may be potential changes that could be agreed there. Good. Any other I'll, I'll, I'll now declare an interest that my wife is a trustee of the Gardens of Eastern Lodge, seeing as it was mentioned. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I think some very important points to come out of that, which uh, <clears throat> this group would really like to take forward in terms of the same technology behind water, as we've discussed, uh, for, so, uh, for um, solar power, um, the, the extra uh, activity and measures that we can take around uh, protection and recognition of heritage, um, a, a, a bolder scheme uh, for um, uh, the Stansted to Braintree and beyond both ways um, rapid transport system um, and I, th I think the point that Councillor Dean was referring to is a good discussion that we had but there's got to be a next step so I don't think we need to keep having meetings but I'd like to have an update from officers uh, in terms of what is happening in Cambridge um, and where their proposals are and the connectivity that we, we must ensure. So to point D, there is, okay, that was a good discussion, but what's the next action? Anything else? Councillor Lees. Sorry, it's a really minor point on the water. Uh, in scenario, that the, the chosen option, am I right, is option eight, scenario eight. Is that right? Okay. So if you look at scenario eight, it says retain STW, pump away all Eastern Park, and everything else is the same as Scenario 6. But Scenario 6 says upgrade. So I'd like to know why we're not suggesting they upgrade rather than retaining. Surely we should promote any upgrading that they're going to do rather than maintaining the status quo. It's, it's one word and, mm -hmm. and nothing else is very different. I think I'm right in looking at Scenario 6 and 8. And I'm just, I'm always, I have to confess, I'm a little bit wary of water boards and, and whether they come up with what they really say sometimes. Um, so why, why are we not asking them to upgrade, as they said in Scenario 6? It's a minute little point, but it's... I would have to come back to you oh, okay. on, on the reason for that. Um, I would, however, point out that... Um, the, the study, does, I mean, it says that option eight is the preferred option, but there are four options which are identified to take forward further assessment. They are options four, five, six, and yeah, eight. Yeah. So it is, it's not being ruled out at this of point. Of course, but I, I but feel that, that we obviously should be saying we would like you to choose yeah. any option that's yeah. going to involve upgrading. Yeah, and it sort of goes with the same point that we've made earlier about yeah. uh, it, more modern technology. It's a little something, I know. But yeah, it's, no, it's, it's very important, very important point. Councillor Dean had one more point. It's not on this. I have um, an AOB question rather than a specifically on okay, this. Okay, we'll, we'll get to AOB. So the, if there's no other points, recommendation is that Planning Policy Working Group considers the submitted evidence base, which I think we've done and made a number of uh, um, recommendations um, for further action. Uh, so if you're content with that, it isn't an item for decision. Uh, we will go on to any other business, Councillor Dean. As far as I know, this matter hasn't been discussed here. We, we submitted the 
the local plan to the inspectorate whenever it was in January, was it? January the 18th. January the 18th. And I'm aware, well, we're all aware that uh, questions have come back and that they're on the website. Can I just ask whether it is a view that those are the sorts of questions that we would, one would always expect to get from the inspectorate and that there's nothing there which said crumbs, we never thought about that. Um, we better start thinking. Um, no, they, those kind of questions which we received are the kind of questions that you would expect um, as, as an initial set of questions from the inspectors. Um, so comparing these questions with the questions that Peterborough um, City Council received in, in relation to their local plan, uh, Louise Crosby, who is uh, one of the inspectors for us, is currently examining Peter's local plan as well. They, they in a similar fashion, had uh, a set of initial questions to respond to. Most, many of the questions which Peterborough had, we had as well, so it was not an exact copy. Some of them, for us, were more detailed. Um, but it, it, it's not an unusual part of the process. So then the next step, well, Peterborough then went on to have some further questions before moving on to the matters, issues and questions. Um, I don't know whether our inspectors are planning on doing that at the moment. They've not indicated to us that they are. But the next step they will definitely be moving on to will be matters, issues and questions if they don't have further questions before that. Either way, there will be uh, more demanding questions. I, the, 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 yeah. I was going to say that's what I would expect. Yeah, of course. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Any other business? Otherwise, I thank you. Uh, are we proposing to consider the sports at a PPWG? Uh, yes, Chair. Um, it, well, we'd like to be, to be receiving it in, in April, but I think it's possibly going to be late April, so I, I don't anticipate Probably after coming, the election. I think after yeah. the election. Are we content with that? Okay. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you.